Two Brothers, One Mike is a weekly podcast put together to help motivate and inspire our listeners both mentally and physically in the hopes of helping you be the best you. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Two Brothers, One Mike. I'm Joe, and as always, my brother, Coach Tony, is here. Tony. I'm here, Joe. Where else am I going to be? What's going on, everybody out there in T-Bomb land? Two Brothers, One Mike, we're going to bring to you today Season 3, Episode 6, as we continue this journey here in the health and wellness and understanding, you know, my love for the 70s and 80s, right, Joe? The nostalgia, everything I love about it. Oh, we're not do a little, you. Not yeah. you. Well, we're going to talk about that today for a little <laughs> bit. I mean, a real little bit. Sure. And uh, so, so, listen. Today's, uh, today's uh, folks, we got a fantastic interview for you. And Joe, if you tell, I, I swear we were talking about this particular interview since we started talking about the podcast, uh, when we, mm-hmm. we decided that feel good stories would be one of the things we would go with, because why? Because the mental aspect of the whole thing, it's not just about the working out and, and the eating right and all that stuff, but how you carry yourself in terms of success when it comes to the mental aspect, that, that is the key. And uh, we got a hell of a feel-good story today, uh, for sure. And you know what it reminded me of? Now, I'm going to give a shout-out to the 90s here. So, 1992, Joe Pesci, Marissa Torme, Ralph Macchio. What was the name of that movie? Come on, Joe. Well, you're, as- you're asking me. I didn't I'm know you were asking, asking me. I thought, I thought you were asking yeah. them and then yeah, getting no. that, well, that notorious pause for yeah. effect. Right. Okay, no, that would be My Cousin Vinny. My Cousin Vinny, and, and you have to go with that show. For today, you have to go with that show. I know it's not 70s and 80s. Well, the actors are from the 70s and 80s, right? So that, I mean, give me a little bit of props there. But that was a fantastic movie. Love Joe Pesci. Ralph Macchio, I didn't think he can do anything outside of The Karate Kid, and he actually pulled that one off. And Marissa Torme, I mean, hey, she just pulled it off with the New York accent and all that. So, I mean, uh, fantastic movie, I thought. And it, it fits the theme for the interview today, right? Because with us today is a gentleman from california well he's not really from california he's from youngstown ohio via pittsburgh via california now he's a comedian actor and he's been doing this for quite some time now as he's out there in california he's got a great story to tell today and i'm sure he's got a few improv you know improv jokes he's gonna throw in there as we get the party started so without any further ado i want to welcome you guys the two brothers one mike our cousin Vinny, Vinny Fastline. What's going on, buddy? Oh, guys, hold the applause, please. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. We don't have a live audience I'm, if we did. <laughs> I'm, I'm up here cracking up because you guys were fighting with each other when the podcast first started. It's a, it's a rhetorical question, Joe. <laughs> You're not, you should see when the podcast, sometimes we think the podcast is already off and we start arguing with each other before it even ends. <laughs> Uh, My question but, is, this is season three, episode two. What is it? Season three? Episode six. Oh, episode six. I'm just wondering why. Am I? I I'm at season three. They finally asked me. Damn it. <laughs> well, no, I, I, believe, I told you. I, believe I knew that was we, coming. They go, this is our eighth favorite ago. cousin. <laughs> I asked you a while ago, and then you ghosted us. I guess you, you know, your celebrity <laughs> status. Out there. Like, oh, yeah. We just. Uh, so, we are, so, so listen. I love you guys. So, Happy yeah, to be here. Love you too. But so listen, people, I, I told people you were going to be on, and, and everyone's like, the fast lines and the Philip. I didn't know you guys were cousins. And I wasn't going to go into that whole 
the whole thing. Uncle Frank and Aunt Joyce are our aunt and uncle. And the Fastlands and the Phillipses grew up next to each other their whole life. Uh, aunt Joyce married Uncle Frank. And listen, the Fastline and the Phillipses, for everybody from the Honing County, have been together since right after the book of Genesis was written in the Bible. So, <laughs> so I mean, we're not going to sit here and try and explain the whole thing to you guys. So and nonetheless, my cousin Vinny, our cousin Vinny, is here with us today. And, and quite... You know, with everything being said, it's quite the feel-good story about your journey where it's gone, and it's not even close to being done yet. I mean, you got a million things you want to do yet with that. So, I mean, I, I guess, like, the first thing I want to ask you when it comes to your life, Youngstown, Ohio, that's where it all starts mm-hmm, Yeah. Where do you – where, where you know, when you, when you think Youngstown, Ohio, what are you thinking? Oh, I usually think about depression and how happy I was that I got the hell out of there. Uh, think about regrets. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, it's home, you know. Home is home. Is home. My family's there. On my dad's side lives there. You know, when I go yeah. home, it's great to see my family. I mean, obviously, it's just a city that's kind of like, you know, it's, it's a small town. It's been run down over the years of taking the steel mills out of there and stuff like that. But, yeah, I go home. It's good. I'll go straight to Iana Zone's Pizza. I get pizza every time. Wedgwood or Iana Zone's, dude? It's the first thing uh, I do when I get there. Let me ask you a question. Uh, Is California – you might upset some people here. I don't know. Uh, does California match Youngstown when it comes to pizza? I don't know. The food here the, – the pizza here is absolute trash. It's yeah, garbage. It's, it's unbelievable. There's only two good pizza places here, and uh, the guy's name's Joe. He's, it's Joe's Pizza. It's from New York, and he brought it here. And uh-huh. it's great, but it's a New York style pizza. If you want like kind of like that, you know, like me, not Detroit style, but like right in the middle. Yeah. So that's the stuff I like. That's so good. They don't have it here. Well, yeah, well, listen to me. I thought you said, I thought you said, I, I, I was listening to you in another interview where I thought somebody had said that, that Joe closed up that pizza shop. Was I, did I, did I hear that? No, wrong? no, it's still there. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Well, he, that's he, good. He actually opened a new one at Beverly Hills. He's doing great. Oh, okay. That's good. Well, good for Joe. Uh, for sure. I like um, this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you do. And he owns a and he owns a pizza shop. <laughs> and he owns a pizza shop in My California. Good guy. Yeah, yeah. Joe, the, the pizza guy. Yeah. So you, so you, you leave Youngstown, Ohio, and and you you take a chance on no more good pizza, and you move to Pittsburgh, right? And and so where does that is before you leave for Pittsburgh, uh, where your journey begins, uh, and and what we remember well was a situation that happened to you when you were younger. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. When I was 13 years old, I was I was actually still in Youngstown. But uh, mm-hmm. when I was 13 years old, I had a brain tumor. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, things happen. I got lucky, I guess. And then, uh, you know, I had surgery. I went through a bunch of tests. But ba- it, it changed my life completely because as a child, you know, like – you know, it's already tough to go through puberty, you know, imagine, yeah. you know, imagine getting her in a hospital outfit, you know, it's like, it's a totally different experience. So, uh, oh, the um, comedian, go ahead. <laughs> it's definitely, it was definitely, um, it, it changed me, obviously. It, yeah. I, I was, I was, uh, I was kind of a scared kid. I had a great personality, but I was a little bit scared. And then I got, I went through that whole experience and I was a lot more daring. I, I remember, uh, going to like, I've, I've said that I've told this story before, but it's kind of just it's, it puts in perspective that I remember I used to go to like Six Flags every year and w- was too scared to ride roller coasters. And literally after my brain surgery, I couldn't find ro- roller coasters big enough because it just it changes your perspective of life. You know, yeah. um, it just makes you realize, uh, you know, we're not here forever. 
So I was a lot more daring and I couldn't play sports anymore. So after my brain surgery, I had a plate in my head and I couldn't play sports. Mm -hmm. And it sucked because when I moved to Pittsburgh and I was in high school and everybody was, you know, playing sports, I didn't fit in. Um, I wasn't doing anything. So I ended up taking this comedy class Mm -hmm. uh, that that my mom kind of pushed me into. And I took this comedy class uh, at a college um, and your final was to do stand up at this little theater in Pittsburgh. And I did it. And it was, it was, it was awful. It was terrible. <laughs> it was do you remember, do you remember any jokes you told in that, in that stand up that day, that night? Oh man, I'm trying to forget them and they just won't leave. Um, Give us one. I mean, I, I do remember doing a joke about how like, I can't get through metal detectors to detectors at the airport now with this plate in my head. Um, but I do get good radio stations with XM radio now. Uh, it's so dumb. Okay. Uh, it's not awful. That's always okay. It's not bad. You're using, you're using, listen, you were using a very, uh, trying moment in your life and you're making, you're making fun of it. I Dude, mean, I still, I still use it. I used yeah. it for years to pick up chicks. I go, hey, what's up? Check this scar out. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I did that thing and it was awful, but it was a cool experience, you know? Uh, yeah. And then I remember I didn't really do it for years. A couple of years later, I entered this like local competition and uh, I won, but it was literally in the middle of nowhere. It was in Beaver, Pennsylvania. So I had to win by default. It was like, <laughs> all right, it's, it's you or Chuck the janitor. I'm like, I better fucking win. You know? <laughs> so, so listen to me now. Listen. So you beat Chuck the janitor in Beaver, Pennsylvania. Is that, <laughs> is that your moment? Is that your moment when you said, this is what I want to do? with my life. I want to go into comedy or when, when was that? When did that all start? Um, you know, it's funny because I did feel that moment for a second. There was a lot of comics in it. So it was kind of cool to win. And I remember signing an autograph. I was scared to sign an autograph because I didn't know how to do it. So I wrote it in old school cursive from like St. Rose, Gerard, Ohio. (laughs) (laughs) That was terrible. But wow. St. Rose, that, that brought back some memories. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, going to Catholic school, but I, I, that was a cool moment, but I didn't really do it for, I did it for, I went to college, so I didn't do it again. End of college. I ended up trying it at this, uh, at Pittsburgh improv. I was getting into the open mics and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they thought I was good enough to open one weekend for, uh, Sebastian Maniscalco. Wow. Which Ooh. was crazy. Yeah. I kept, I kept yeah. doing their open mics and getting our little shows. And then the booker was like, and she knew I was a huge Sebastian fan at the time. Yeah. So. She's like, she called me up. Mm-hmm. I remember getting that call. She's like, do you want to open for Sebastian all week? And I was like, oh my God, I freaked out. I was excited. I called my cousins. Yeah. You know, the ones that, the, the good cousins, the one that had me on the first season of the podcast. <laughs> and then, We're never going to let this down. Good. <laughs> just kidding. Uh-huh. And then, uh, and then, uh, yeah, I was so excited. I opened for him first, first few days were, I, you know, first few shows weren't the greatest. I, you know, I had to get adjusted, but I was okay. also new to comedy. And then, uh, I got to hang with them all weekend. I made a little bit of money. I felt like I felt like a real comedian. I I got to work with one of my favorites. And did then, he uh, Did he give you any advice? Did he give you any? I, I was just gonna say, did you get any sage advice? Yeah, yeah. He he, he said a lot. He said I should get to L.A. He said uh, save up, try to save up about ten grand. Uh-huh. Um, he said you're gonna have to work a lot. You know, you're gonna have to literally. He's like, I've been doing this forever. It's gonna take you so many years. Just keep doing it. Um, you know work on getting comfortable up there and stuff like that. Gotcha. Um, he told me he worked at the comedy store for years and, uh, you know, the process, what it was like and how hard it was. Um, you know, yeah. And then, 
yeah, it's pretty much, you know, that as far as advice goes, um, I don't know. It's probably just like, oh my God, Sebastian's talking to me right now. Not even right. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. So I was really excited about that. It was really cool. But then I started opening for a bunch of people that came through town and I was just got to a point where I said, all right, I need to make the move. So I moved to LA in 2012. Um, I guess I'm just running through my story. I don't know. No, 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 no. Go ahead. And, and, and so, so you decide right then and there, this is it. I'm, I'm jumping and, and wherever I land, I land, but I'm jumping and I'm going to see where this takes me. So obviously this, at this point, you, you definitely feel like this is your passion. This is where you want to go. Yeah. So when I was a kid, I actually, I thought I was going to be an actor. Um, okay. I always thought I always wanted to be an actor and I always thought it was going to be, which I guess I am kind of now and I'm really getting into it. But my parents always, you know, my dad was just hilarious. He was the funny one. And my mom was, uh, the personality flair and I got them both. So yeah. I don't know. I grew up thinking I was going to be an actor. And then, you know, when I started doing stand up, I just, I realized this was it. So, um, you know, I, I think working with some of your heroes kind of changes, changes things, but, uh, um, yeah, once I, once I got to that point in Pittsburgh where I said, okay, I'm going to reach a peak here. I got to move. I moved to LA. So, so, so you're out in LA, right? You're, you're, you've take, you take the leap, you're out in LA and you begin to work with, you be, you begin to work with some pretty big names. Who are some of the people you start rubbing elbows with and, and are giving you a chance out there to chase your dream? Oh, you guys want to? Uh, why don't you take down this pen and paper so I could do a bunch of name dropping? Here we come. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hang on, hang on. I'm gonna do this. All right, go ahead. This is the only time it's like socially acceptable. It's like, all right, I know this, but people out here hate the name dropper. Oh, do they hate that? Oh, or, people are, are out they... here do. People out here do. So here, I'm gonna tell you. Well, um, you know what? I, just just let us know who are the people that got you involved and and, and motivated you. There's so many. So I'll tell you the back backstory behind it. First, first of all, I got this show at the Hollywood Improv. Okay. Uh, I got my own show. They gave me my own show. I had um, my cousin lived out here and he was, a, he's a manager and he uh, helped me get into this club. Okay. So I got my opportunities. They, they knew I was getting in at the Pittsburgh improv. Um, and then I got to work with a few people like out the gate was like Gabriel Iglesias, uh, like Amy Schumer. I was just put up on this show mm-hmm. and then they gave me my own which um, I got to do whatever I want with it, like on an off night, you know? Okay. Uh, so I decided I was going to do a charity show benefiting um, people with cancer, Children's Hospital. Um, I did American Cancer Society for years. Mm-hmm. But the first one, my idea was I was going to have a bunch of uh, cancer survivors. There's not too many. So, you know, I had, right. I, had, I was trying to get Tom Green, Tig Notaro, Duncan Trussell, um, I had another buddy that had a brain tumor like it was. And then my buddy at the time from Pittsburgh had cancer. So I I had him fly out here to host it. So that was like, that was one of the first shows I got and did. And, uh, um, I asked, I asked them all and they couldn't do it. So I just said, all right, why don't I just make this just a comedy show? And I went up to Dane Cook and David Spade. I didn't know them. And I, and I asked them, uh, Hey guys, like I'm a comedian. I got this show here. I'm doing a huge cancer benefit. Would you guys mind doing it for me? I know you don't know me, but it'd be awesome if you did. And they did. And, and wow. it was really, really cool of them to do it. Um, you know, I mean, they like, they're good guys. They support charities and, uh, um, awesome. 
yeah, and it was it was a big club, so it wasn't hard to get them there. And then ever since then, I kept running my own show. Where I, I mean, any any comedian you could think of at this point, I know or I'm friends with or I've worked with. Like now, I tour, I tour a little bit on my own. Um, I did tour with Dane Cook for years, Drew Lynch, uh, Michael Rappaport, Harlan Williams, Jamie Kennedy, Nick Swartzen. Um, oh my God! I so, mean, Ian Edwards. Uh, um, a lot of times, yeah. A lot of times, I think uh, is it George Wallace. I see uh, a lot of times that, or is that is that is that? Uh, I've seen him you... a few times. Okay, I mean, okay. I, uh, I I I work with everybody because in LA, if you're a stand up in LA or New York, and you're in at the clubs, which are Laugh Factory, Comedy Store, Improv, if you're working at those places, you're there every like every night with big names. I did a show yeah. last week, and Kevin Hart was there. So yeah. like every single, every single, every single uh, night in LA. There's just comics working on material. I remember when Dave Chappelle first came back, he did my show and everybody looked at him like he was Bigfoot, dude. This, this, this dude has not come back in years. After you know? what happened. Okay. Yeah, was, yeah. 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 It was gone. He gave up 50 million and just walked away. Yeah. And I remember he came back and it was his first time and he did my show that I was actually, that I like ran, which was, you know, booking the lineup and doing the show. So your and own he, room, in other words, it was your room that night. Yeah, it was my, it was my show, which was okay. so cool. And he's like, dude, you have, he was so nice. He was, I said, dude, thanks for coming in. You're so funny. Like, welcome back. And he was like, yeah. I said, this is my show. And I was like, I'm happy you came back to it. And he's like, this is your show. And I was like, yeah. He's like, that's a big deal, man. He's like, congratulations, dude. Keep working. So it's kind of like one big, and I don't know if you want to say family, but but there's a lot. Is, is it, for the most part, a support system where everybody kind of understands what everybody's going through, those who just started, those who have been in the business, those who have yeah. are, are getting ready to walk away from the business to, to, to go and you know, take on other ventures, you know, acting, so to speak, and, and things of that nature? You guys kind of support each other based on going through some of the same stuff together. Oh man, dude. It's like, we're, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a big family that hates each other on Thanksgiving. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got you. you know, I got I mean, you. We all love each other though. See comics in the, in the world of like entertainers, comics are the, usually the most honest and the most real. So you get a little bit of less phony out of them and uh-huh. uh, they're usually darker, a little, little more depressed and sad. There's reasons for that, but mm. dude, it's a small community. And at no matter what level of fame you're at, that's what I'm saying. Kevin Hart, Chris Rock, all these big names, I've worked with them and I, and, and it's because they have to work out their material at a club and you have to work it out like behind the scenes in order to get it funny. There is no getting it good at home. So like, and there's, we, I was just talking about this to my buddy of 7 billion people on the planet there's probably only a couple hundred working comedians working. Like there's probably thousands that try it, but working comedians in the business out of 7 billion. So like, it's a very, there's probably millions of actors in LA. It's a small community. Um, it leads to other opportunities like sitcoms, late night movies, TV, all the stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, so it's really cool, but I've gotten to meet a lot of my heroes. I've met Adam Sandler, uh, Robin Williams, um, you know, it's a grind, though. It's like it's exhausting, and well, it's one know. of those things that that I always say. You know, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, let's face yeah. it. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. And, and what's what's really awesome through this whole thing, because I know you were saying it sounds like you're just running through your your whole life story here. But the fact is, though, and and we're really hoping that the listeners are taking away from this. One, we're talking about somebody who at some point 
as you know, he, he had said is, uh, you know, had a brain tumor. He came back from that. None of these things held him down, had to leave home, uh, you know, go across the country, still chasing his dream. And to this day is still chasing his dream. Uh, it's the idea that even though there's all these life obstacles were in the way, still doing what he needs to do. And that is something that uh, I just, I'm hoping that's the takeaway for a lot of people who are really, you know, they're kind of looking down and like, wow, they're, they're yeah. on the way to giving up. Right. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, look, you know, you have to keep, like you said, you have to keep doing your grind. You got to keep doing your thing. Uh, otherwise again, you know, you're just going to fall flat on your face. Absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. I agree a hundred percent. I mean, look, it doesn't matter what business you're in. You know, Tony and I were talking about this the other day. Life just, it's not great all the time. It's not supposed to be, you know, it's hard. It gets harder. And the older you get, the harder it gets. People around you die. Your health gets worse. You have more responsibilities, more stresses. You worry about other people. You know, are you happy in your, I, what I, we were talking about was, I think that every day is different and you treat it that way. So bad things are going to happen, but they don't last forever. And then good things come around. And when those good things come around, I guess what? They're not going to last forever either. Mm-hmm. But again, some more bad things going to come. But they also will not last and some good things will come. If you just know that and you prepare for that, be realistic. And you can't find your happiness in anything. If I put all my happiness in money or or comedy or – there's nothing you can put your happiness in that and count on that maybe faith and religion. And and even that's people struggle with that. People, you know, I love, I, I grew up Christian, right. Mm -hmm. I love God. And it it is probably one of the, one of the sound things to keep me a, a humble and humane person. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm glad I have God in my life, but at the same time, you know, I'm still miserable, (laughs) you know, like, (laughs) I mean, Uh, it's just what it is. I I think, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say one last thing that I, I have that is uh, is an explanation why when people say comedians, why they're depressed or why they're sad people. And this is the simple form that I, I have diagnosed um, is that we all we all have to study humor and make it a job. It's, an, you know, as uh, people use it as a defense mechanism. Right. And we use it as an escape and something we enjoy. It's a core fundamental value of who we are as human beings. Mm-hmm. But when you're a comedian, you have to study it. And now it's a science and all you think is funny and it's stolen from you and it's taken from you. And the highs are very, very high and the lows are super low. And it's a lot, it's a really rough journey and <laughs> it still is, but, and it always is, but, um, you know, something that like I used to laugh at movies and everything. Now I'm just like studying funny, you know, yes. instead of being a nose doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that yeah, that is fantastic stuff right there. I'm because I don't think anybody no. ever has looked at that perspective, uh, uh, you know, through a comedian's eyes, what is actually going on in their lives when they are doing what they're doing, when they're perfecting their trait. And, and everything you just said right there, if I was somebody listening to the show, I would rewind this show after I'm done listening and listen to that again, because that is very intriguing because that doesn't hold true for every profession at all. No. Uh, I, I, 
I can tell you with, with photography, it's almost the exact same thing. Most people get, can appreciate a pretty picture. Meanwhile, I'm sitting there looking, okay, so where did, how did they like this? What's going on in the background? What, what possible lens were they using? What, you know what I mean? It's like, it's a whole other thing for me or nine yeah. times out of 10, I'm looking at a picture where everybody's like, it's beautiful. And I'm sitting there like, it's trash. It's total trash. What are you talking about? You know, I see all these other things that are because you study that kind of stuff. You dive a little bit deeper. So yeah, absolutely. I yeah. mean, you're going to, you're going to have your heart a little bit more involved, which is, you know, exactly yeah. what he's talking about. Well, now, Vinny, let me ask you this. Uh, are there times when you're around other people and they're, they're telling their own little jokes? So you crack it. I crack a joke like anything at all. And you're thinking to yourself, yeah, haha, that, that really wasn't that funny. But oh, yeah, that, that's pretty much all the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you talking about me now? Or are you talking about <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, no, it's everybody. It's uh, like. Yeah. Dude, I don't even like to tell people I'm a comedian. When I'm on airplanes, I'm like, yeah, dude, I sell air fryers. Like, I lie. I don't even like... – and then they go, oh, yeah, my cousin. Yeah, he's super funny. You should do comedy with him. He's so funny. Yeah, he should be a comedian. Yeah, I was guilty of this. When I first, when Vinny first started to make a name for himself and came in for a holiday or what have you, I caught myself trying to, like, tell – like be the nope. funny guy. I guarantee he remembers yeah. it. I, I oh, I guarantee oh, yeah. he does. And I feel I'm like afterwards, like what was I doing? Like, <laughs> I'm trying to impress this kid. He's out there with wrong with me. Vinny, remember which cousin did not bother you with that kind of stuff? That's all. Yeah. I'm no, it's all right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm used to other people going. As soon as they tell, they say you're a comedian. Tell me a joke. I'm like, oh, all right, God. what do you do for a living? Oh, accounting. Cool. Make me a spreadsheet real quick. I need the numbers to break down of Facebook analytics. And uh, I'll tell you, I'm like, dude, I don't know. And you don't do it on the spot. It's all about environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I need a microphone. You come to my office. Like, <laughs> you, you know, I, you don't see comedians just walking up to houses like, all right, all right, here, let me tell you a joke. It's just everything they say is funny, right? <laughs> That's what they think. But also comedians aren't like, it's not like guy walks into a bar. It's stories with misdirections and punchlines. Mm -hmm. I got but you. That's what it is. Do you now? I've heard uh, in some of your standup, I've 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 caught where you know, other people won't know this, but you mentioned family members. Uh, I've I've heard Uncle Frank, uh, things of that. And in your, do you purposely try to throw family members in, and even though it's really not about them, you just automatically just use their name because it's people you actually know in real life, or yeah, or how does that happen? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, I did that uh, joke about yeah, my Uncle Frank though. Like all my material online is old. Like I'm gonna start posting newer stuff. I'm gonna shoot a special this year. But they, um, yeah, like I'll throw names in there. And uh, look, some stuff is fabricated. Not everything's true. But the better you get a comedy, uh, the more true it gets. So yeah. I do feel like I will. I will talk about family. Like you know, I, I mean, I got twin sisters. I'll make jokes about them. Yeah. I haven't really dove into my family that much, but I guess I should. But I also didn't want to be Ray Romano, you know? Right. Okay. Yeah. I didn't, I, right. I also like. You try to create your own image. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, there, there was a huge era of Italian comics. My family feeds me food. Like one of my first jokes ever when I was a kid was about how my family forces me to eat. Even when I'm taking a shit, they're like, try this. <laughs> I'm like, guys, I'm on the toilet. Like, that's one of my and, first. <laughs> and then you got rid of that joke. It, 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 it just wasn't carrying with you. It's it's cool, but it's just it's just um, it's just you know I I I I mean yeah, there's funny jokes like that, but I don't know. It is my identity too. Um, mm -hmm. I just know you know I don't know. I'm just trying to be as organic as possible. I just started doing 
after 10 years of doing stand-up, I just started really tapping into the brain tumor jokes. So, yeah, which took me a long time to tell. Yeah, and, and so, um, well, obviously, I mean, in, in a traumatic experience like that, I remember, uh, I, I will never forget this, when that happened. And again, I don't want to, you know, stick with that one subject there. But it's it's important for people to understand how you've persevered over something like that, because it's a serious situation in a very young boy's life. But I'll never forget writing you a letter. Uh, I believe it was your mom that asked all of us to write to you uh, something that uh, was inspiring about you that we could, because uh, let's face it, I don't like to mention this, but I'm a lot older than you. Um, And so (laughs) as an adult, quote unquote, at that point, I think I was like, you were 13. I was like 28 at that point or 29. Yeah. Oh man. But you know, it's it's crazy. I actually remember that letter. It was really kind and nice. And I even remember at the very bottom of it, you said, and I know one day you'll be able to do my podcast third season episode. Six. <laughs> you know what? I did. I Was it episode six? I thought it was episode six. I don't know. Nope, six, I, think six, I, six. I moved it up one, Vin. Thank you. Thank you. I can't people, believe that you wrote me that letter. I, I didn't remember. I don't remember that. I mean, I'm so young. Yeah. I mean, I, don't, I, did. I didn't have a memory at all. I was losing part of my brain, but yeah. yeah, it was. And you even had jokes about that at that age. Like after it all happened, I was like, look at this kid, like making fun of it and he like you were like oh back to you know uh, i'm i'm good but obviously at that age you know it's i i i personally can't tell you how you felt or how that would even feel right uh so i i mean that's just amazing the i i will say that i had very love i had very loving parents i had a very loving mm. family all my family around me got me through it and it was much easier of a process than it could have been i was also yeah. young i didn't know a lot about it I probably went through more stuff as a, at a younger age, and I pro I probably a more sad, depressed person now than I was then. Yeah, there's a lot of reasons for that, but it's like, you know, because life's not easy. I overcame it, and uh, and that's what you have to do. Like, you're everyone's going to be presented things in their life, right? <clears throat> and uh, you have a choice. Um, if you can't change something, change the way you think about it. So you literally have to just keep going. I mean, dude, you could just give up. Sure, that's cool. Go ahead. There's a billion people that are going through some stuff. You just have to know that things will turn around if you allow it to, you know? Yeah. So you just you just got to keep keep moving and yeah. and take the I, small wins. Take the small wins. I uh I know I know that that for me personally when 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 I feel like the chips are down and why me and woe is me, I quickly come out of that because all I have to do is think about some of the things that some other people are going through and realize, eh, you're okay. You're, you're going to be okay. And just pick it up and keep going. And, uh, and, and so I see, I know exactly what you're talking about from that mental standpoint, for sure. Well, it's good. You guys are doing this because obviously the time frame. You know, like everybody suffered with anxiety, depression during the pandemic. You're right. And what I found, um, what I learned was that anxiety is based off of fear. And fear is what was instilled in a lot of people during a time where, oh, are we going to die from this virus? Yeah. How am I going to provide for my family? I can't work. I can't go anywhere. You know, what should I do? Whatever. Like, there was just so many things. So everybody had anxiety and then people started suffering and. I think things are getting better now. And I think that, um, you know, I think there's, 
there's hope here and we just have to change our mentality, you know? Yeah. I believe that things are getting better only and only if we're going to make them better. Um, if, and it's, it's just the way I feel about that. Let me ask you another question. Not, not trying to get off that, that topic, but I, no, it is I pretty depressing. Ask, Let's get yeah, off. Right, right. Let's get off that topic. <laughs> Can we uh, tell fart jokes or no? Yeah, and, uh, well, uh, let me do this first. And then if, if it leads us into that, by all means. So, so let me ask you this. Any time ever that you can remember, you're on stage and somebody is trying to break down the math of the joke you're telling and realizing that it's not adding up in terms of maybe how old you were or how old your parents were at this point in time and how can they possibly be this old now in this joke and, and, and just annoyingly yelling it out to you, a heckler, so to speak. Have you ever gone through that yet? Oh, yeah. It's a pain in the ass. It's the worst. Heckler's yeah. the worst. A lot of I really haven't had too many where they're like, you suck or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, I've definitely you, you have people shout out stuff. It's like they're just drinking and they want to be a part of the show. And they yeah, it's like, yeah, they want to be a part of the show. And then they um, and and they think sometimes they think they're helping you, but or they just want the attention. Yeah. I had I had an experience like that at the Laugh Factory a month ago. It was the biggest pain in the ass. These guys wouldn't stop. I had to tell them to stop. Um, they were rude. I, I just, I went, I go, look guys, all right, here's the deal. I'm going to give you your two minutes of fame and then you stop talking or we're going to kick you guys out. Like we're going to talk. I'm going to, so I, I went from being nice in the beginning and just trying to, you know, be cool and play, cater around it. And mm-hmm. then they wouldn't stop. And then I finally, like I, I made some jokes about them and it, I thought it was fine and it was cool. And then Dane went on after and Dane, like ripped into them. He kicked them out. <laughs> he, t- he was like, you guys like sh- shut the f- up or get yeah. out of here, you know? And they wouldn't stop. Hey, too much Sometimes, alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. People don't get it, man. It's yeah. like, I said the com- same thing on stage. I go, I don't come to your job when you're crunching numbers at the, you know, at the keyboard. And I'm just yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> screaming and yelling at him. When comedians go rogue, um, I've seen that so many times at a comedy show or watching it on TV. And I just always wonder to myself, what's going through the head of that comedian when people simply cannot just, just allow them to do their show and enjoy the show. But uh, that was something that I wanted to ask you. What rage. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So, so now the rage is gone and, and there's a complete focus. Uh, Vinny has a complete focus. Where's Vinny fast line heading? What, 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 what's up? What's going on now? Well, I'm pulled over on the side of the road, so I was going to head home, maybe catch a – I was going to maybe grab a, ch- a Chipotle burrito or something, but – Yeah, where are you heading in your career? My- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you that, was, that was the perfect opening into those fart jokes you wanted to tell. Yeah. <laughs> I'm headed to the bathroom. I got a stomachache. Um, so, yeah, no, I mean I got – I'm working on so many different things right now. I'm going to shoot my special this year, hopefully uh, um, uh, – a f- uh, a f- director a friend of mine is going to put that together and we're going to mm-hmm. pitch it around. I'm going to pitch a movie and we're going to pitch in a movie. Um, touring with a bunch of comedians and touring on, on my own. I'm headlining like a California club in orange County. Um, next week I tour with a bunch of people, so I'll do that. Um, I mean, I'm doing a podcast called my plus one. I'm doing it with my buddy, Tony. We're going to have a bunch of celebrity guests on and they're going to bring their, plus one so you'll see a famous comedian and their wife their husband their mom their dad their brother um yeah i mean i'm i'm, I'm doing a ton of, it doesn't stop 
Yeah. And so you're not putting all your eggs in one basket. You're, you're, you're reaching all over the place, May, uh, to, to put your, your portfolio together, so to speak. Yeah. You know, now you got to pivot because I followed a path of when you did comedy, you got try to get on late, you know, you did, you got on Carson and you became Jerry Seinfeld. And then in the nineties, you got on comedy central, you became Sebastian or Dane Cook. And then now it doesn't matter. Now you don't get sitcoms. And if you do, nobody watches them. There's so much content. So you got to do social media. So now I got to do social media. Mm. And, uh, you know, there's just so many things you got to do. It's insane. I, I mean, I'm doing social media. I'm acting. You know, I'm starting to audition more. Um, so, you know, I get – I'm going to start popping up in little, you know, acting things. But back in the day, too, if you were if you were a small part in a movie, mm-hmm. you could be famous. Like – Harlan Williams told me when he did Dumb and Dumber, where he drank the pee, out yeah. of the, he was the cop. He goes, yeah. I couldn't walk around the streets, dude. People go, oh, Dumb and Dumber. Now you could be a lead in a movie, and unless it's Spider-Man, nobody knows who you are. Uh, it's crazy. Unless you're on a hit series and they watch you and they binge watch you for 12, you know, 12 weeks or whatever. You know, it's like you have to be doing everything. Brand. And so many different channels, so many different networks, so many different apps. And I mean, so many different avenues, so many different shows. It's almost impossible for everybody to know who that one person is. Yeah. You know what the good news is? Back in the day, it was about gatekeepers who gets to decide who, what does what. But now you could literally from Iowa be, you know, a famous bread, bread slicer or whatever. The, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. You, you, could, you could do you could do whatever you want from the comfort of your own home and make a living. And uh, it's really awesome. So. I mean, that part is, is, and then you also have more opportunity. Like if I'm pitching my movie, there's a good chance it could land somewhere. There's a lot of places for it to land. I might not make as much money and it might not be seen as much as it would years ago, but better chance to sell it. Yeah. I got you. It's, I, I, I think sometimes people with the, with the line of work you're in with, with, with comedy, with acting and so on and so forth. uh, I think a lot of times people, I know sometimes we see the stories where an actor, you know, like if a Tom Cruise goes on the acting guild awards and talks about, or I can't think of the name of the show. The gentleman passed away the actors guild where he would have different actors on uh, coming back to the acting school where they, where they were at, like Bradley Cooper was on and they talk about their journey through Hollywood and how they, you know, how they developed as an actor from one movie to the next. You don't, you don't really see that all that often. And I think people forget that it's not just uh, of any fast line going up on stage with the microphone and just I'm going to throw out some jokes. There's a lot of writing involved. There's a lot of behind the scenes work involved. There's a management team involved. There's so many different things that you're talking about right now, which is a 24 hour uh, a day, seven day a week job. Uh, yeah. 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 No, it's, it's definitely exhausting and it's not easy, but nobody has it easy. And, you know, maybe somebody could chase their, a very comfortable living and a comfortable job and you know they they might not be happy either nobody's happy dude <laughs> no, no not not 24 hours a day seven days a week it's impossible um, yeah so i mean yeah. but you just got to take the little things you know no matter what yeah. anybody's doing i just feel like whatever it is you got to make stuff for, make time for yourself um and uh i guess there's this book out there called beginner's mind that people should read too there's a and it trains people to treat everything like it's your first time. So, you know, if you've, if you've, if you've been to a sports game and you've gone a million times, it's exciting, but your first time was so exciting. Like, Mm -hmm. 
it was the best feeling in the world. But if you can train yourself to go, I'm going to treat this like it's the first time I'm going. That that uh, just that makes it so much better, you know. And the name of, what's the name of that book again? Beginner's Mind. Beginner's Mind. I am literally writing that down right now. Anytime a guest uh, gives us a, a book or an article, I write it down if I have not heard of it or have not read it, uh, and definitely look into it for sure. Beginner's Mind. There's Do you know by any chance of, who the author is or no? I can't remember, but there's so many like different books and stuff like that. But sure, I don't really read. I read the back. <laughs> you read the back of the, the Cliff Notes. Yeah. <laughs> My buddy up. told me about it. I go, that's a good book. <laughs> Thanks for reading it for me. <laughs> uh, so he gave you the whole insight about what the book yeah. was about. I read like half of it and I go, I got it. See that? Vin, I tell you what, honesty will get you. It'll no get worries. You, you can way. start it all over again and act like it's the first time. I mean, it's yeah, just, no, there you know. go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I, I got to tell you, uh, we cannot tell you uh, how. Uh, enjoyable and that's 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 not even the word i mean the word needs to be bigger than that but it was definitely one of the most amazing interviews today with you and i got to tell you some of the things you said i hope that the people that were listening to this show really took in what you were talking about when you were talking about when life is holding you down and how you have to strap up your boots like they always say the old adage and you got to keep on going you got to tighten your belt buckle and you got to keep on going and you got to realize that life is hard work and hard work means you're going to have to what you're going to have to put your nose to the grind you're going to you know and, and get moving so uh not a better example out there than Vinny Fastline when it comes to chasing a dream chasing a passion and getting it done so Vin, I, I got to tell you, if if it's up to us, we would love to have you back uh, yeah. in the future, uh, season six, episode twelve. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. And uh, best of luck to you. Obviously, we'll talk to you several more times uh, in the near future and see how you're doing. And uh, as time goes on, for sure, we would love to have you back on. Thank you so much, buddy. We appreciate it. Yeah, you guys were the greatest. Love you guys. Love uh, you too. And yeah, I'll do it again. Uh, absolutely Sounds ladies great. and gentlemen ladies and gentlemen Vinny Fastline have a good one Vinny all right brothers wow man I mean I'll tell you what uh Joe ladies and gentlemen we've known him since day one uh, of of his life um he's somewhat younger than us mm-hmm. and uh I mean we've grown up all our lives together you know with the Fastline family and and the way he put well, certain things were very comedic, <laughs> right? Sure, the comedian sure. inv- the comedian came out, and the comedian has to come out in a comedian. You have to be able to, and, and you know that's 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 for certain. Uh, and he said a lot of funny things, but when he got serious, when he was explaining to the listeners about what they need to do and what they need to understand when it comes to hard work and persevering through bad times. Uh, I'll tell you, just he did a couple amazing things there, and he's not done. I mean, when I talk to him off the show, he, he's not done. He's far right. from done. He's got big yeah. dreams and big goals. He doesn't really announce. We talked about that not that long ago, right? Right. right. Uh, he likes to get everything set in stone, get it moving, and slowly but surely make a few announcements and, and, and get the ball rolling. But he definitely uh, has a passion for what he does. Uh, I think in a lot of ways for, for comedians, I think comedy is also a medicine um, uh, at times for them. And uh, I think it, it, I, I don't know if it's that for Vinny, but I, I know that it is definitely a passion of his and um, something he loves to do. And 
with all the endeavors he's chasing right now, uh, the best of luck to him. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah that's a, I made it a point to point those things out too. Exactly. Just, that. Yeah. you know, it just, it's a great story what he's talking about. It's, it's very interesting to hear, but let's keep in mind, you know, again, there was Vinny when he first left and there's Vinny now, and he, it wasn't an overnight experience. There's, no. you know, there's that time in between. And no. a lot of people are like, well, he made it. How can, why can't I? And it's like, well, do you have about 15, 20 years of your life to dedicate to, because that's where you need to be in order to catch up to where he's at right. now. I believe you know he's I mean? even beyond that really. Yeah. Well, I, because it was a lifelong road, really. Yeah. Um, at least starting when he was at least 13. So he was 13. And then, and then uh, when they moved to Pittsburgh and I believe Vinny's uh, ladies and gentlemen, I believe he's 35, if I'm not mistaken, 35, no older than 36. Right. And, and so, very young still, uh, and and has been chasing his dream for a long time, and uh, and I guess he's an example of you can't do something for ten months, you can't do something for two years, and then just quit if it's something you truly, truly love. If it's something you truly love, you have to be able to to chase that passion until that passion burns out. Uh, even, it, even when there's times that you hate it, <laughs> it becomes this love hate relationship, you know? Yeah. I mean? yeah. But, but the love is still there. So you keep doing it. So. Yeah. You oh, do, well. oh, you know what, you know what? Kind of like, kind of like leg day. Yes. Yes. Exactly where I was going with that. And we're oh. going to be talking about that next week. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's favorite day, not Friday. We've had, we've already done a show on that one. Mm. Not a Friday. It's good. It's leg day. All the myths and benefits, the whole stigma behind leg day, why mm. we should do it and uh, why we hate it so much. So if you're looking for some motivation for leg day, you need not look any further. We're going to be talking about it next week. I can't wait. I, I love to hate leg day. Well, I, I love, I love when I'm doing leg day, Joe. And, mm-hmm. and I can't stand it. And then when I'm done, I am happier than happy. I, I was mean, just going to say my favorite part of leg day is when yeah, I'm done. It, <laughs> when you're done and you realize you put all that hard work and effort yeah, into it. Yeah. Sure. Oh, so Absolutely. we're going to talk about it next week. All right. Well, until then, I want to remind all of you, be sure to give us a review on your favorite podcast service. Also, if you have any questions, comments, thoughts, or opinions, you can leave us a voice message via the link in this episode's description. And finally, remember to join us each week as we release new episodes every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, on behalf of Coach Tony and myself, thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody out there. Be the best you, Joe. I think we better call Vinny and move that up, that show. It definitely can't be season six. He probably won't talk to us anymore. <laughs> I, 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 he's going to remember. We're never going to hear the end.